0: Thanks for listening to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. The concept of networking can be a little bit tricky if you're a job seeker. You may not know how to contact someone in a way that gets a response, what's realistic to ask, and what your expectations should be. Online networking is especially tricky because it's harder to establish a relationship and the person you're networking with might not respond as quickly as you'd like. Whether you're reaching out to a recruiter or someone you've seen on LinkedIn that may be able to help you break into a new industry, we have some tips for you on how to make the most of that initial encounter and develop the relationship over time. Mike Wood, Orion Southeast recruiting manager, joins the show to discuss some quick tips and things to keep in mind for online networking. Mike discusses the importance of tailoring your message for each person you're reaching out to, managing your expectations, mistakes to avoid, and much more. We've been getting some really great feedback lately with ideas for future topics on podcasts, and I'd love to hear from you too. If you'd like us to address a topic, or if you'd like to join and share your story, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com.
1: Mike, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me, Megan. I always enjoy our conversations.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you're somewhat of an Orion celebrity, so I'm excited to have you with me today. You've got a ton of exciting things going on lately. You've got um, your minute minute with Mike um, that's on LinkedIn. It's every week. I know it's on YouTube, and we promote it on social media. I think that you cover a lot of topics that are both job seeker facing and employer facing, right?
2: I try to because I, I know that really a lot of the candidates that I worked with when I started at Orion are, you know. The, been multiple multiple promoted uh, uh, promoted multiple times I guess is what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. and uh, they're hiring managers their clients at this point so because we're still connected from that initial relationship I want to make sure I'm giving them some info that helps them as, as hiring managers that are looking to hire military
1: and and kind of in the same vein of that, you are um, starting the employer-facing podcast, or at least joining it, with Dave Lemkool, our regional manager in the Southeast. You guys are both there together. Um, again, kind of covers more employer-facing topics, but like you said, you've worked with so many candidates now who are on the other side. And I know you guys will discuss some topics for people like that, or even people who are looking for a job, but you know, the things are still relevant to them as a job seeker. So. I would definitely encourage everyone to check out Minute with Mike and the podcast Call to Order because they're both really good. And, you know, the more you can have of Orion in your life, the better.
2: (laughs) I'm glad you feel that way. I hope others do as well.
1: Definitely. So I was actually listening to your podcast this morning. I know it hasn't come out, but I guess I'm one of the lucky few that got my um, sneak peek, I guess you could call it. So I was listening to it. And this probably is not going to be relevant to anybody who's listening to this right now. But I did find it interesting that both of us have made it through our lives up until this point without having a cavity.
2: Oh, so we have that in common, yeah. We do. No idea how that happened. Uh, You know, and my whole family, wife, kids, everybody. So that that bothers Dave. That's why he brought it up, because he spends (laughs) a lot of time at the dentist.
1: (laughs) Well, I made it 30 years thus far, so I'm glad I'm not alone in the club. Like I said, probably not relevant to anyone listening, but interesting fact. That's right. So Orion's been in business for almost 30 years now. It's always been our mission, first and foremost, to help job seekers. Um, That's kind of why we're even doing this podcast, just as an extension to bring people more resources, to help them through the interview process and beyond. And we really are doing everything we can to best match candidates with positions that are a good fit. But I know that, you know, when you're making connections with a recruiter, either by networking or if a candidate reaches out to you we want them to know how to make it a beneficial relationship, one that's going to progress over time and not something that, you know, is kind of a one-sided, help me get a job, and then it ends there. Because obviously, like you said, you've known so many candidates have been promoted over the years. I know you stay in touch with a lot of your candidates. So I wanted to talk today about how are some of the ways that we can make these relationships long standing. How can we utilize social media to do that and to position us in the best possible light. And so I want to get, um, you know, some of your feedback on that as a recruiter and from your own personal experience.
2: Sure. And, you know, there's a lot of topics we can touch on with that, but I think that I mentioned to you that what brought this to my attention, even though I experience it every day, is that some of my counterparts on LinkedIn, in particular, Michael Quinn, one of the top voices on LinkedIn, uh, does a great job of advocating for veterans recently shared an experience and how not to go about, uh, making those connections and and gave some advice along that line. So we're going to build upon his, uh, advice and, and make sure that we put it in context for those working with Orion as well.
1: Definitely. So, you know, the example that he was giving was that he was working with a transitioning veteran who was very demanding of his time. And, um, you know, was kind of hostile and wasn't necessarily being appreciative. So he kind of gave this list um, of six things that you should keep in mind when you're networking with somebody. And so I kind of wanted to go through each of the points and see if you could elaborate and give, you know, just some more advice based on each of these. So number one is to be humble. I know that's huge because like I said, he, what inspired Michael to write this post was that he felt like this person was being um you know, a little bit entitled, I guess you would say.
2: Yeah, that's the way I interpret it as well. And so from my own experience, I I think that is very relevant. Uh, We are here to help the job seeker. There's no doubt about it. Orion gets paid if we help you find a job. So ultimately, we're in a customer service mode with our candidates for sure. But we've all been in that situation where someone does come across as entitled and expects that uh, we are going to, um you know, invest in them to a level that maybe we weren't prepared for or maybe that we don't have the capability to do and and when they come across that way right up front it may actually give a negative impression in reference to their employability so that's where we're trying to assess people quickly All right we're looking for applicants for a position is this person you know coming across as I am interested in applying for this position? I would like to discuss this opportunity or uh, some other you know type of approach where it's like, hey I, I haven't heard back from you. I applied for this this morning. Uh, why haven't you called me? I'm a perfect fit that actually degrades their candidacy so as a uh, as an applicant starting in a, from a position of humility, I think Michael's advice is spot on, you want to make sure that You're uh, requesting that time that you're looking to receive feedback and you're being understanding that whoever's on the other end of that computer, whether it be Michael Quinn, Mike Wood, or any other recruiter out there, that they probably have a few things on their plate and they're trying to prioritize to the best of their ability. So I think that's the first uh, place to start for sure
1: hmm And like I said, it is Orion's mission to help candidates. I mean, that's why you come to work every day. That's what you're trying to do. That being said, I think the overall candidate experience working with Orion is very positive, at least the feedback that we received. And we do surveys. Of course, that's always something we're trying to gauge because we want that experience to be positive. Um, you know, we aren't going to have a position that's a fit for everyone all the time. So that's something to keep in mind where while we do want to do our best to help everyone, and we are going to, you know, make sure that you know what positions you're a fit for and, you know, keep you up to date on things like that, we are going to do that to the best of our ability. There's not always going to be something. So it's almost, you know, knowing when to be persistent and contact your recruiter and let them know, hey, I applied for this position. And it's another thing to contact them and say, hey, why haven't I gotten an interview for this yet? I mean, I'm sure you can attest to the fact that you do as much as you can to keep people updated on where they are in the process.
2: We do. Now, at the same time, I'm going to, let's look at the other side. Let's say I'm the applicant. You know, you should hold me accountable. You you should communicate with me to say, hey, Mike, I haven't heard feedback on this role. Can you shoot me an update? But there's a big difference with what I think Michael Quinn's referring to in his post, Holding me accountable in the sense of asking me for an update or giving me a call to check in on the the interview status, 100% acceptable. But coming across negative, coming across uh, from a perspective of, we use the term entitlement, whatever it may be, that's where where we're saying it's not going to help you forge a strong relationship, it's not going to improve your candidacy, and and it's actually going to hurt you in the long run with the application, whether it be you know, to a company directly, through Orion, through a network on LinkedIn, because I think that's what Michael's referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, that's the thing to keep in mind is follow up with us, expect us to do better, expect us to give you that, that information to the best of our ability, but, uh, but always do it with respect.
1: Yeah. And I also don't want anyone listening to this to think that we're saying, oh, all candidates do this because we're certainly not saying that. If anything, I would say, of course, majority are appreciative and, you know, they don't do this. But I think you're always kind of surprised when you see someone react in a certain way that you're like, wow, I kind of thought, you know, in 2019 and the age of social media, knowing that things can be shared and experiences are shared, you would think someone would not do that. But that's not always the case.
2: You're right. You're you're right. Spot on. It's the minority by far, but of course we always have to coach and train to the minority because that's you know the, those are the mistakes that stand out. Those are the mistakes that can derail someone's job search. It's interesting that you say uh, you know the 2019 things can be shared. That's also part of the problem. In 2019, you know we're used to some type of instant gratification, whether it be Amazon Prime delivering our, our product in a day or even in an hour down. Uh, in some of our major metro areas uh, we want our recruiters to be able to do the same we want our network to be able to do the same but they're humans right you know you're trying to communicate with a person and uh, that's where things get a little bit more complicated at times so i think it's interesting that you mentioned that the the, uh, the day and age of technology we're in is also part of the reason why some people get frustrated that they haven't heard back quicker
1: hmm. And candidates can complain about the hiring process or a company or a recruiter, same way as recruiters can complain about candidates. So it definitely goes both ways. But I think either on either side of it, you want to, you know, not put something like that out there because you don't want to be seen as someone who people don't want to work with on either side.
2: That's right. Exactly right.
1: So number two is to use first names and be personable and i'm sure you appreciate this because like i said you like to be able to have a relationship with candidates that is a little bit beyond you know a transaction of helping them find a job you want to be able to you know forge that relationship make it go forward so actually i think for this we could combine number two of using first names and be personal with number three highlighting what you have in common with the person Um, to make that personal connection. So I think number two and three on this list are very important when you're talking about building that long-term connection.
2: That's right. And remember what Michael's referring to here is the um, cold request, if you want to call it that, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. of course, is the epicenter of uh, social networking for careers. And uh, at least in our opinion, right? I'm sure others are using other platforms, but nonetheless, wherever it may be, you're going to want to reach out to people that may have some type of identifier. Maybe, let me use me for example. So I just recently had a client visit uh, with a a company here in Raleigh, uh, talked to the initial point of contact who had worked with us as a candidate, so prime example of what we're talking about, uh, developing a long-term relationship. So he reached back out to us, which we appreciate. And then, um, of course, he wants to introduce me to his manager, who happened to be a Virginia Tech grad like myself. So the easy thing for me to do is to reach out on LinkedIn. Hey Seth, I look forward to meeting with you, you know, next week, you know, whenever I sent this. And um hey, notice you're a hokey as well, go hokies, et cetera. And, and it just humanizes the conversation. I'm no longer, you know, trying to ask him to do something for me. Hey, give me your time next week. I'm more just saying, Hey, thanks, you know, for uh, for connecting and setting up this appointment and oh by the way, you know, I see that we have this in common, that's great. So that's something that you should always look to do when you're making some type of cold connection, or even if it's warm, an initial connection. You should look for those things that you have in common.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, we all receive the you know the um, messages on LinkedIn that just seem very generic. They seem like they've been copy and pasted and you know sent to hundreds of other people all looking for something. So you never want to do that. You don't want to make it seem like all you did was copy and paste a message if what you're looking for is a long term connection or you know, if you're if you're actually wanting to ask something, you may as well look like you put a little bit of time into making it personalized.
2: Yeah, and I'm actually recommending this to candidates all the time because while we want to do our best to help you find a job with one of the companies that we recruit for, Megan, you mentioned the mission earlier. I want to give candidates advice to help them in their job search as a whole because I'm not going to place mm-hmm. everybody. So with that, when I'm talking to a, let's just use a a Marine, because we have that in common, uh, myself and any Marines out there, talking to a Marine that's looking for a job in, you know, let's just say Gainesville, Florida, very specific. It's not a huge metro area. The first thing I would tell them to do is do a search on LinkedIn for those folks that have similar backgrounds to you. Step one, Marine Corps officers, if that person comes from an officer background. Step two, Marines in general, and reach out to them. Let them know what your situation is, and, and let them know that you know, you're transitioning, much like they did in the past, and you're looking for some help in, in learning more about the market in the in that area. That initial connection, and of course, Marines are a little bit different, right? We have a, a bit of a a club, if you will, but that connection and that that uh the common background will help start that conversation.
1: Well, I think maybe someone would, when they're ta- like thinking about sending a personalized message, they might you know, one of the drawbacks to that might be that it takes more time. And of course it takes more time, but what is the result you're gonna get from it compared to just copying and pasting a generic message?
2: Yep, absolutely.
1: So number four is be flexible in your requests and expectations. And this is something that we touched on earlier in terms of time moving differently for job seekers and those that are already employed. Um, So I think this is something that's very important to keep in mind. What do you think about this one?
2: yeah and we touched on it briefly earlier when it comes to that you know you're you're communicating you're networking with a person with a human right, so you've got to understand that you know maybe i'm I'm off tomorrow, so maybe I'm not going to get back to you on Friday when you contact me on Thursday, and then what happens when you're off? <laughs> you get a backlog of work on monday, so uh so I'm going to be a little bit behind the eight ball for a couple of days trying to catch back up and of course, I want to be as responsive as possible to everybody, but you have to understand what's going on in their world. That same should apply with a recruiter communicating with a candidate. You know, we need to hear back from you for sure, but of course, you may have things going on. Maybe you're underway if you're on active duty. So we should be respectful to you uh, when you know it comes to that type of. Uh, that type of you know small delay, let's call it. Now three mm-hmm. weeks, four weeks, now that's a different story, right? But a couple yeah. of days, that's, uh, you gotta be a, a little bit flexible there. And that also applies when we're going through the interview process. So of course this topic is networking and, and that's the big picture. But if you get into the, the job search process, I mean, I know you wanna lock down your job as soon as possible. And maybe that company is telling us they need to hire someone as soon as possible. But what does as soon as possible mean? It may vary between the two individuals. And usually for a company, because they're taking this from a deliberate approach, they're trying to do their day job, which is produce the widget or generate the revenue or whatever it is that they do in their industry. Uh, they, uh, they may get a little bit you know tied up from time to time and not be able to get you that feedback right off the bat or maybe they're not ready to make a decision for a week. So, of course, expectations help with all of this. So if you can you know, go through this process of networking with somebody and kind of temper your expectations on how quickly you may hear back, and then additionally in the interview process, ask, you know, what's the timeline like? When should I expect a, a decision? That way you, you kind of have some reference for, right, sh- should I be worried? Or, you know, is this okay because they've got some other things going on?
1: definitely because you sometimes you know like you said if someone if the process is moving super slow and it's been weeks before you hear back from somebody that's obviously something to be concerned about but it's just knowing what to expect and of course like I said before you as a recruiter do your best to keep people in the loop as much as you possibly can
2: absolutely all the recruiters do and some recruiters have more on their plate than others so it, it, you'll find a different level of responsiveness from each individual based off of their organizational skills and their workload. So uh, mm-hmm. that's something, again, back to accountability, which is a big topic for me nowadays, just trying to improve on my, on my own uh, personal leadership style, my own you know, personal goals. You know, that's, a, that's an important thing that you should do is try to hold that recruiter accountable or that, you know, whoever it may be, uh, hiring manager with regard to if they said they'd follow up with you by Friday, send a polite email on Friday afternoon or Monday morning just asking that question, you know, hey, I was excited to to hear feedback. Uh, I understand there may be some delays. When should I expect to hear back? Uh, just uh, you know, do that simple step, be respectful, and it'll keep that relationship building.
1: I like that you brought that up a couple of different times because we certainly don't want it to come across as you know, hey, don't do any of this stuff, because like you're saying, it's a two-way street, just like you would, you know, want your recruiter to stay in touch with you and hold you accountable. You should do the same thing, but it's really just bottom line is that it's about respect. It's about building the relationship. It's not about entitlement. So, just really keeping those things in mind. So, I like that you've brought that up a few times now.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's what we're really talking about in a lot of ways is just basic human communication, right? Mm -hmm. But because of the stress of the job search, sometimes the job seeker can get a little bit too aggressive. Or conversely, because of the stress of hitting a recruiting target, whether it be an internal recruiter that has to fill 40 roles be- before the manufacturing line st- uh, starts up, or a local recruiter at Orion with a hiring event coming up, you know, are they letting that stress? You know, kind of cloud of whatever it may be with that that communication style and follow-up they should have so it 100 is a two-way street um and maybe it's a little touchy feeling for me to say but we just have to understand that the other person you don't know what's going on on the other end of that phone or the other end of that computer so uh, do your best to push respectively follow-up respectively uh that's what's really going to help build that relationship
1: It's interesting you say that because it's like what we talked about earlier in the show when we said that this is really the minority of people who are going to, you know, request information from someone and be pushy and kind of, you know, disrespectful, referencing the Michael Quinn post. It is the minority, but like you said, the job search can be stressful, and so sometimes people can act out of character. So it's not that, you know, if you do one of these things, you're a bad person and you're never going to find a job or anything like that. It's just that, you know, sometimes the stress of it gets the best of people, and that's totally understandable.
2: Yep, absolutely.
1: So I'm going to combine five and six on this list too, because I feel like it kind of wraps up the whole list is just making your first ask small and then saying thank you early and often. And it just goes back to that idea of not being entitled and showing gratitude.
2: Yeah. And by the ask, so, you know, I may, let me just kind of give a a comparison here of what Michael means, at at least my interpretation, not to put words in his mouth. But if, um, if you were to contact me and, ask hey i would like for you to review my resume and would love to set up a time to talk about my my job search All Right to me that's makes perfect sense right let's have this conversation if you were to contact me and say i saw this position on your website i think i'm the perfect fit when can i get an interview Well, very aggressive and forward well okay you know maybe there's a story behind that position that uh is not applicable for you of course as a recruiting firm it's a little bit different but let's say it's uh you know, Michael and his company you know, that's a little bit different he may not know the manager he may not um, have any purview over that role so if you're making some type of cold connection with anyone out there whether it be at Coca-Cola or you know Orion or whatever organization you got to understand that you know they that may not be in their lane so the more that you can do to to you know understand the situation first to to learn from that person to uh, develop a relationship with that person, uh, the better. Then your next question may be, hey, I saw this position. Do you happen to know anything about that? Or uh, do you happen to know who does? Now that's starting to just move the ball down the, the field, right? That That's really what I think he's referring to by you make the ask small first and then build from there.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Just laying the building blocks for that relationship that you want to expand on over time.
2: That's right because think about it, if he can't help you, whoever that is, or she out there, HR manager that you're trying to network with, if that person cannot help you with uh, that position you inquired with them about, now they have no reason to follow up with you. They're like, that position's filled. I'm not uh, the hiring manager. So, you know, hey, great connecting you know, on LinkedIn or whatever. Um, but if you're trying to develop a relationship in the sense of, I would like to speak with you about opportunities in your organization. I see you have a Marine Corps background, as do I, so you may understand how I fit in. Would you have some time to talk a little bit further about your industry? Well, now you kept it open enough that that person may be able to help. They feel like that they can provide value. And then in addition to that, of course, you know, a lot of these folks, especially when we're talking about veterans, they want to help each other out. Uh, so then that's something they feel like they, uh, they can control. So that's the type of ask that you should provide out there when you when you're uh, trying to network, not you know go for the jugular if that makes sense
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that makes total sense, so Mike, you mentioned that you um you know you when you work with candidates, you're not going to be able to place every single one, so you try to give them advice on kind of, on how to i guess really just expand their network and um tips for using social media and really anything that you can to help them out to do things on their own as well. How? What, what are some of the top tips that you give for people for either successfully networking online or even just maintaining a professional presence online?
2: Well, you know, that that's a big question. And, you know, almost what's going through my mind is, uh, well, am I the best person for that? And maybe I just have some self-doubt there. So the reason I say that like I know my LinkedIn picture needs to be updated right and that's something that I would tell not only myself that I need to do but all of us need to have a professional image out there mine's a few years old maybe it's a little bit you know um maybe I've changed a little bit maybe the way to say it <laughs> uh so I guess what my point is is that you know we need to make sure that we uh that we have a good professional image at all times and that includes myself uh, in addition to that, you'll see there's tons of advice out there that we can't cover on a single podcast with regard to the best way to represent yourself, the way to lay out your your uh, profile page and things of that sort. But Although, Mike, Alex, just
1: to cut you off, we do have a podcast about it, so if anyone's listening okay. to this and they want more tips, they can go back and look for that one.
2: <laughs> perfect, because there's, there's no way that we could cover that in a few minutes, right? So uh, that's perfect. Um, but I do think that the basic thing to keep in mind when you get down to it is that you will be judged for whatever people see out there whether it's right or wrong right you know so I'm not trying to say anything HR related or legal related but that there's going to be a impression of how you present yourself if you're consistently that person that is making comments and let's just stay on LinkedIn right because that's the world that most of us live in when it comes to the job search But if you're consistently making negative comments on articles on LinkedIn, I mean, people can see all your activity. I could quickly go to your page and look at all your posts, all your activity, you know, everything that you've done, because that's just how that system works. I'm sure you can block it in some way. But (laughs) what my point is, is that that impression that you leave behind, that will make someone, you know, of course, uh, be predisposed to either think that, You're making a good contribution or that you are someone that's, you know, got a negative personality and and may not be a fit for their job. So I I think Mm -hmm. that we all kind of hear that all the time, whether it be about Facebook or Snapchat or whatever. Right. Things that that I may not be as involved with, but it still applies even with the words you say on LinkedIn. So I think that that's Mm -hmm. the most important advice that I could give.
1: Well, and on top of putting your best face forward professionally, it's also not enough to just have that LinkedIn profile, it's how you use it, especially if we're talking about networking and so, If you're trying to network on LinkedIn, then you have to be social. You have to put yourself out there. You have to like and comment on people's posts. You have to share things that are thought-provoking, that are kind of in line with, you know, how you're wanting to position yourself. You can join groups, follow companies that you're interested in. So there's really a lot that you can do that goes beyond just having the profile. It's, what are you going to do with it? And especially when you're looking for a job or when you're trying to network, that's really the time when you really need to take advantage of those things and not just sit back and say, well, I have a profile and, you know, my picture is updated and it has all of my relevant experience. That's great. And it should have that. But you're really not utilizing LinkedIn to the extent that you could be using it.
2: You're exactly right. And there are some people at Orion that are great at constant communication on linkedin comments on people's posts and things like that that's not really my thing um i'm more of a hey this is what i think i know that i can share with you Uh, hopefully it helps you right uh here's a job opportunity that i think can help so we all have our our way of contributing some will be much more active than others but whatever it is you just find that way to you know, contribute freely, because I guess the best way to think about it is if you're providing value to other people, then it, it's going to come back around to you, you know, whether you want to call it karma or whatever, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you, you know, provide good value, people will return it to you. So that's the main thing to think about. And that goes back to that negativity side, right? It works the exact same way. If you're being negative consistently, if the job search is frustrating you and you let it come out in a social form, uh, it can definitely be a negative impact.
1: Well, two things there. I do think that you're selling yourself a little short by saying that you're not the expert on this. Because like I said, you've got a pretty great online presence, especially with your Minute with Mike videos. Those have been doing really well. You're getting a lot of engagement, tons of views on them. So you have that going for you. So just before you try to say that, you know, you're not as good as, as some other people, <laughs> I just want to call that out.
2: <laughs> well, the video is easy for me, right? But what's a little bit harder, and that's this is kind of to the the point that you mentioned about trying to network uh, and be active on LinkedIn, what you'll see that some others do is they will read people's posts and then provide insightful comments Mm -hmm. and, and like it and this, that and the other. So I guess I'm more of a, let me push this information out, but there's a lot of people out there that are very effective at taking the information that's pushed out and engaging with it. So there's different ways to go about what you're talking about. Absolutely. And I appreciate the comments, but, uh, but I'm, just, you know, when I get home, I'm not looking through to see, you know, what should I comment on or just that. I may see what take Michael's post. I saw Michael's post. I was like, that makes sense. And then I want to talk about it. You know, I'm not going to write about it, I guess, is the best way to look at it.
1: And everyone's at different stages in using LinkedIn for different things. So while you might not, you know, say like, okay, I've got to write something about this. Well, somebody for someone who is actually interested in Building their network and that's something a priority that's a priority to them they you know we do advise you then to take some time out of your day to do that and make sure that you're prioritizing that so it really all just depends on what your goals are and you know how we can get you there Um, so other than you know blasting companies and being unprofessional on social media is there anything else that you've seen that still surprises you that um, are some common mistakes that people make whether it's on LinkedIn or (laughs)
2: That's a good question. You know, and I love the the little like bloopers, if you want to call it that. And of course, you know, I don't have a library of them in my mind. But just to give you one that I've seen recently, sometimes people let me I don't know the best way to put that. Not veterans, but it'll usually be some type of individual on LinkedIn that will post something that may be inappropriate for LinkedIn. I guess I'll just keep it, you know, PG in that regard. Right. And then so what do I see as the um, as the recruiter? So I don't see the the inappropriate post, but I see it when one of my candidates likes it or comments on it. Mm
1: -hmm. So then it
2: pops up that again, whether I should or not, I'm judging that that candidate may have bad judgment because he's or she is commenting on an inappropriate post on LinkedIn. By inappropriate, of course, we're not, you know. I don't think we need to go into details, but not business professional, I guess the best way to put it so um that's that's always just bad. so make sure that you're paying attention that if you're connected with someone and you comment on a post, that connection, whether they saw that post or not, can see that you commented on it. It may pop up in their feed. um I don't know how all those algorithms work uh I know that Chris Dove on our team has a lot more knowledge of that, and I'm sure he could expand on it but So I think that's something just to keep in mind it's not just what you post it's also what you engage with on LinkedIn that can matter.
1: I think that is really important because a lot of people use social media very passively so while they're not out there posting every single day and considering themselves to be an influencer or anything like that they are consuming a lot of the content that's on there whether it's you know seeing it liking it commenting and like you said That's all public. I mean, people have been involved in public controversies based on who they follow or a post that they've liked. And while it's not you actually saying it, if you're liking it or commenting on it, I guess the consensus and what it would appear is that you obviously agree with what that is. So if it's not appropriate and someone like a recruiter or a hiring manager sees it, it's automatically going to probably leave a bad taste in their mouth about you overall as a candidate
2: absolutely so be careful of those things
1: yeah definitely um okay so mike real quickly i want to get from you kind of some expectations versus reality and see if there's anything that you wish that candidates knew about recruiters and it really doesn't have to be specific to social media but a couple of things that come to mind for me just off the top of my head just to kind of let you know where i'm going with this are um you know for instance how can we help the recruiter help you? So if somebody is contacting you about a job, well, you could have your resume ready to go, or you could at least have it at a good starting point to get it so that they can review it. You can have an email address already set up, it's professional. So really just trying to set the stage for, you know, if a candidate wants to work with a recruiter, how can we make that the most beneficial relationship?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think we could do a podcast in and of itself on that one. Um, I, I still have some ideas, though. So I think uh first thing that pops to mind is communication, I guess, responsiveness, maybe, be, maybe the best way to put it. So I know we just spoke about that a bit with regard to networking. Now let's fast forward beyond the networking, like I'm trying to develop a relationship with you, and now we're at the point where, hey, we have a relationship, and I'm trying to recruit you for a job. So understand that we are trying to provide candidates to our clients as quickly as possible. And not all recruiting environments work that way. The government, they may have a time period where you have to keep this position open for a certain period of time, then they review applicants. Often in the private sector, the managers will say, I need a candidate as soon as possible. I need a new employee as soon as possible. So what we may do is reach out to a group of, let's just say for example, 50 candidates that we think match that position. We receive immediate response from five candidates that they're interested in that role. We're gonna evaluate those five candidates and maybe we submit three of those candidates over to the hiring manager for an interview within the span of let's call it 24 to 48 hours. Then someone contacts me, you know, five days later. Hey, Mike, I'm really interested in this job. Well, that position could be covered and could be filled at that point is, is what I'm trying to say. So when you start working with the recruiter, that cycle time, especially that initial cycle time of here's a position that we're advertising, it needs to be quick. Um, Then beyond that, the process may bog down a little bit. You know, every interview process can vary, right? We've all, Anybody looking for a job knows that. Uh, so make sure that uh, that you keep that in mind. see other things. I think that often job seekers think that I want to hear exactly what they want to do. Like they feel like they're doing me a disservice if they say, I'm not sure what I want to do. I'm pretty open on where I want to live. I'm not exactly positive on what I want to do in the next five to 10 years. And they'll apologize for it. I'm saying that's, that's not a problem whatsoever, because that's part of what we're supposed to do at Orion. You know, that's an initial concept of our business is to have veterans like myself that, you know, have seen the transition a million times, whether it be, you know, we've done it ourselves uh, or we've, of course, observed it with candidates we've worked with and to try and understand what it is about your background that is you know standing out. What are your key strengths? What about your job search is most important to you? Because we may find through that conversation that the most important thing to you is the long-term career potential, right? Everybody has different answers, but that's usually near the top. And so then, you know, that may help give us some recommendations. Now, people may have the perception that the recruiter doesn't really care about that. They just want to fit them in, in a job and be done with it. And, you know, there are recruiters like that. Let's be honest. But, really what we try to coach is the long-term fit. So we've got to understand how you fit with the role, or let me rephrase, how, what motivates you, what type of role may fit with that, and then that could lead to a long-term placement with a company. It does us no good if you stay there six months and leave, right? We want to make sure that you go to an organization that at least would be a fit for the next two to three years. And I emphasize at least well, let's be realistic. People change jobs fairly regular uh, in today's economy. But so if if we could see that type of placement, that's starting to build a long-term relationship with you as the job seeker because we helped you find a great fit, with the company because we helped them find a great candidate, which results in additional business down the road. So I'm playing the long game. I've been doing this for 12 years. I expect to do it for many more. That's more important to me than. Did you just get the you know the quick the quick hire and be done with it? So, I guess my point is it's okay to not know what you want to do. It's important to know what's important to you. If you can articulate that to a recruiter, then we can help you find the right match in our industry where we're working with people that transition.
1: I really like that example that you gave about some people think they're doing a disservice to not let you know exactly what they're looking for because I almost think that could be something that holds people back from even reaching out to a recruiter is that they feel like, you know, they keep putting it off because they're trying to figure out first what it is they want to do. And that's not really the first step. Like you said, a lot of times you're talking and it just comes up, what are some of the main drivers and you then are able to figure it out from there. So I could see that being though, something that people let, you know, kind of get in the way of them even reaching out for help is wanting to figure it out on their own first.
2: And keep in mind, there's different types of recruiters. So everything I say is from the military recruiting perspective of what we do. But there are Mm -hmm. other recruiting firms out there where they're very focused on a certain industry. So they aren't looking for someone that is trying to figure out where, what, field they wanna go in, they're looking for someone in the accounting field that knows they wanna be a senior accountant, let's just say. So keep that in mind as you engage with different recruiting firms. I think another thing that just popped to mind, um, and I'm sure I could come up with a much longer list, but but the idea that, hey, I'm looking for a job in, let's say, Knoxville, Tennessee only. I'm from Knoxville, I'm moving home to Knoxville, that's where I'm focused. So I'm not gonna contact the recruiter because they can't help me. Now, of course, our chances of helping you may go down because we may not have a job in Knoxville during your job search. But back to this idea of networking, and because that's how this whole conversation started, it's still important to engage with a recruiting firm like us. So if you're a military veteran that's transitioning, even if you're looking for a specific area, Communicate with our team. What we would tell you, we would give you real expectations. Once we dig through what's important and all that, in Knoxville, Tennessee, as the example pops up, uh, we would tell you that hey, we see jobs there sometimes, but you know, honestly, I, I'm not sure I can help you. Make sure that you're you're working aggressively in your job search. You're networking on LinkedIn. Contact Marines in the area. The things I said earlier, uh, but of course, maybe we're fortunate enough that the right job pops up at the right time and it's a win for you, our company and Orion. Worst case scenario, we've developed a relationship with another veteran that's gonna be working in the private sector that uh, may need our help in the future, whether it be as a hiring manager or as a job seeker. So make sure that regardless of those preconceived notions that you uh, start this networking process because it, it, uh, it may take 15 minutes of your time, of the recruiter's time, but could absolutely pay dividends.
1: Exactly, and like you just said, I mean, it's maybe there's not an exact position that's a good fit for you the first time you contact Orion, but if you, if you as a recruiter establish that relationship and, you know, it's obviously a two-way street, so if the candidate's communicating respectfully and keeping in touch, so whether you're keeping in touch on LinkedIn, I'm sure you've had this happen Lots of times where then someone gets in touch with you a few years later and they want your help, and then you do have something that's a good fit for them. So it's really all about timing, too.
2: Absolutely. It happens all the time. Matter of fact, the client visit I referred to yesterday, that uh, earlier in this conversation, was exactly that. Uh, He's now a hiring manager, not a job seeker, but the point is we developed that relationship. We had that communication a few years back, and it, it is now that good karma I referred to because you know, we were respectful as a team because he contacted two recruiters at our team. So it wasn't just me, but because we worked well as a team and because he took the time to talk with us back then, uh, it now may pay off for him and for Orion, you know, three years later.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, Mike, I really appreciated the conversation today. I'm glad that, you know, we got to talk through that list from Michael Quinn and then also get some of your tips on networking. And like I said, there's I think we have even actually more than one podcast about social media. So if anyone's listening to this, it definitely ties into what we're talking about. So go back and find those couple of episodes and um, it should give you a better picture of it. Cause like you said, Mike, there's so many things that you could find about how to present yourself on social media, how to network Um, just Google it. You'd find millions of things, but we try to consolidate it in those two episodes that we have. Yep,
2: Absolutely. It's good advice. And, If anybody ever has a question, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn direct as well.
1: All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Mike.
2: Thanks, Megan.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.